Welcome to the 25th episode of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in a huge variety of Destiel fanfiction. And in this episode, we're going back to Supernatural's canon universe again. Um, last week was the anniversary of the whole show coming to an end. Um, but... It ended with an episode that many people felt disappointed by, um, let down a little bit. So in the documentary before that aired, um, Misha actually told us that although the ending is written, we can write our own ending and the Supernatural or the Destiel fandom has done so. So we are going to um, basically ignore what happened at the end of the show and talk about some other ways that it could have ended that other people have written about. Yes, and to talk about one of those endings, it, we're perfect, the end is where we begin. We would like to welcome back author Mandala Rose. Hello, thank you guys so much for having me back. Yay, Hello, you're our first back. returning guest. Yee. Well, um, in addition to Amanda's pick, we're gonna talk, also talk about Anamnesis by Cenotaphy and um, buffer time by Sunday Zenith. And links to all of the fics that we're talking about today will be available in this episode's post on mixtakebookclub.com and they'll be included in our collection on AO3. Um, so we've only got a few fics to talk about this time because as we look through all the different endings that other people had written about, um, a lot of them tend to have kind of the same kind of themes involved in them, like um, you know, there were there were certain things that the actual finale did that a lot of people didn't like. Things like um, the found family aspect was missing, or the fact that obviously Dean never got to, you know, live um, his life in a way that wasn't hunting. Um, so we we don't really want to talk about the things we didn't like in the finale too much. Just um, basically keeping it a positive um, chat. So I'm not allowed to bash the finale. I'm here to be positive. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, you know, if it comes okay. up in conversation, you are perfectly okay to bash the finale. But um, okay. I just... Okay. <laughs> no, I'll be good. 15, 20, we don't know her. That's right. Like, we, we yep. respect the, the creators of the show and the actors um, who, who did a great job in presenting the story that they were given. Uh, we don't want to you know shit on any of that <laughs> but no, we just don't like it's the story just, yeah it's just not how we would have done it <laughs> which is probably right. why no one gave us millions of dollars and told us to make a show but you know um if they had there probably would have been less black goop and more hawaiian shirts really <laughs> <So>. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so let's stick to that route and uh find some fix where that can happen so the the end is where we begin by mandela rose um was published earlier this year 2021 um it's ninety thousand words long and it is rated explicit uh, mandy would you read us the summary sure kaz is stuck in the empty chuck has thanos snapped everyone they've ever known to fuck knows where and now Jack's going through some kind of cosmic puberty Dean's 8th grade health class definitely did not prepare him for. They've got two hunters at the end of their rope, a recently exploded half-angel kid, a witch who just came back from the dead, again, and Billy Mark II, 
whose only redeeming quality is that she hasn't actually killed Dean. Yet. Team Free Will 3.0. Here we go. Alright, so basically, you took everything that... You took, like, everyone that they lost along the way and brought them all back into this story. (laughs) And gave them the epic ending they probably deserved. Um... This was originally written as a Vic Bases prize. Is that right? Yes. Yes. This is a very overdue Vic Bases uh, prize. Yeah. I uh, kind of failed at auctions for 2020. Um, I did three and I still got one more to post. So this was the second oh. out of the three that I did. Mm-hmm. I failed it. I failed at timelines and word limits, basically. So my 10,000 fix kind of turned into... 80 to 90,000 word fix. So. I am currently in the middle of that experience right now, so I, I relate. <laughs> My 10,000 fix is, is currently creeping steadily up towards that, that word mark right now. So, <laughs> yep. The way this one worked was that um, this was my fic facer's fic, and from the very beginning, uh, you know, my winner had said, I want you to rewrite the finale for me and this is before the finale had ever happened before we knew it was coming like this was like (laughs) the confidence we were at the beginning of season 15 right so (laughs) she's just like i don't know how it's gonna end but if it's not the perfect ending that i want then i want you to to rewrite it and that's which was you know really really um it was very cool, very cool to know that someone trusted me enough that, you know, like, you know, this whole big thing, this big world we're a part of, I'd like you to write the ending for me. Uh, yeah. And then obviously the ending of the show got delayed by COVID. And so she's like, are you good with waiting? We talked about it and we're like, yeah, we'll just wait. And then whenever it ends, that's when we'll talk about what to write. So then the show finally ended in November and after a um, <clears throat> morning period, we talked around Christmas about what we wanted our ending to look like. Yep. And it turned out awesome. I love your ending. Yeah. So this is one lucky auction winner. Thank you. It probably would have taken another half a season to get there, I think. But um, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have complained about that. There was a no. little more to wrap up than uh, what I felt could be done in an episode. Well could be argued there was a little more to wrap up in the show than what was you know what we said we weren't going to do that (laughs) (laughs) my fault I led you down that path I mean in past in the past there might have been three more episodes made but they only had 20 so yeah that's true they used to have those extra episodes in the seasons so my first question is did you start off with a list like, did you just start off with a list of all the people? Like, okay, these are all the people that I need to bring back. <laughs> or was it more organic in that you started writing and just people kept coming back to you that you needed to I mean, to the list of people was rescue. pretty much everyone. Um, so <laughs> Everyone they have ever met. <laughs> I mean, the only people left were Sam and Dean, so it's like... <laughs> just Sam. Just pointing out. Just Sam. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. By the, by the, by the complete end. <laughs> I kind of I started by talking to my winner and um, talking about I, I got a list from her of the things that she wanted out of the ending. Um, I'm trying to remember now what was on that list. It wasn't it wasn't a huge list. It gave me a lot of wiggle room, but it was things like it was an everybody lives ending. Like that was you know number one. Like everybody lives. Obviously, Dusty L. I mean that just kind of went without saying. Um, and then 
Like, well, I won't go spoilery this early. I'll let people get a little further in and then we can warn them for spoilers. But um, those were the big, and found family was a big thing that she wanted to see brought back into it. So it was basically the same list that I had. And then um, I had just done a lot of, of listening to people and talking with people about what they wanted from the ending and not just the ending, but from the show as a whole, things that were missing, things that weren't done well, things that um, had, had hurt people and that, you know, they wanted, that they wished had been addressed. And so, yeah, I had a list in, in that respect. Um, as far as people coming back, found family was the big one. So obviously all of our, all of our found family favorites obviously had to come back the wayward you know the wayward sisters and all the the women had to come back and um there were some folks that didn't come back uh and that was just more that was based on the story and where it went like I didn't want to bring people back just for the sake of bringing them back I wanted them to be there because it made sense within the narrative and because they had a, a purpose to being there so um not everybody came back but most people um, especially most people that we had seen in the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. came back. And then I had kind of other lists of, of fix-its that I wanted, you know, things I wanted to fix from going on. Like, um, you know, just the role of women in the show and the role of um, marginalized characters and giving them a bigger role and a bigger voice and... and um, treating them a little differently within the context of the narrative and within their own stories. Yeah, well, I guess one of the main things that um, most of these stories address, obviously, is like the fact that Cass was, you know, died and then was effectively erased. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you've got him, I don't know if I want to be spoilery, but he does <laughs> appear again. He appears again yes. quite early in this and, and has a role like right from the start an active role in his own kind of rescue and and coming back um was that one of the the things that you was there an option to for someone to go in and rescue him as opposed to him actually being the means of his own rescue i mean i never someone does go and i guess not with the intent of rescuing him he i'm trying to remember what i originally planned it's hard to say without being spoilery but um, the, the way he gets out isn't necessarily, I, I think it was more the person who, I, I, Jack went to the empty, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's right. You can probably say that much. It's hard. It really, it really is hard without giving any spoilers. So, um, I think, yeah, originally it was more Jack bringing him back and then it did eventually get changed so that it was more death that was bringing him back and that was an intentional change but yeah I always wanted Cass to kind of have an active role like I don't I don't really do damsels in distress um (laughs) I I really kind of wanted him to have agency and you know to to want to come back to want to help like I wanted him to have an active role in what was going on in the the final confrontation and um, not be kind of a, a standard by yep and Cass would be the world's worst well the universe's worst damsel in distress anyway he is not good <laughs> at just sitting there and doing what he's told like that's his entire no. damn story <laughs> like, yeah. well exactly exactly 
Like, he wasn't going to try to break his deal with the empty, but, you know, if someone gave him a way to at least temporarily get out of it, he's not going to pass that up. I mean, no. No. And, I mean, just his face alone, if he realized that he was being painted in the damsel in distress role, might be worth it. But, <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I always say this, that obviously I read Dean and Cass fix for Dean and Cass, obviously. But the really good ones, like the ones that like dig into your soul and, and hang around, are the ones that make me fall in love with that version of the side characters. And just the, the, the plot in the world in general because you know I, I already love Dean and Cass they got, they've got me on that one um, but it's those other little details that really tie me in and Amanda's always been good at that I've always loved her characters in all of her stories so that's fine yes. knew that was going to happen but you can probably guess who I fell in love with in this one <laughs> like I don't know, there's a few She gave, me, a few she gave me a whole new ship. <laughs> she gave me a whole new ship to get excited for. Oh, oh good! <laughs> <laughs> so you like, uh, can, I, can I say the ship? I mean, this is, this is getting really spoilery because it's not a tagged pairing. Yeah, well, we, can, we, can, we can dodge around it if... if, <laughs> if I mean, I don't, I don't mind talking about it because I honestly, like, it's... It was a fun thing for me to write, and it was a brand new thing for me to write, and so I was really excited about it. Um, so, I mean, I don't mind being spoilery. If you guys don't mind being spoilery, we can put a, a spoiler warning on it, and people can can listen at their own risk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers. Because <laughs> i got to talk about my girl, Betty. <laughs> like, I've got to do it. Go on, go on. Yes, but... okay, so yes, I created a new ship, so you like the Death Witch. <laughs> Yes, I did. I love the Death Witch ship. So the thing was, I, when I first started, like, kind of, you know, seeing it there and seeing the characters, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling this. I, like, quickly scrolled up, and I was like, wait, is there something tagged for these two? And I was like, oh, there's not. And I was like, oh, well, you know, not the first time I've liked a, a non-canon ship. <laughs> so I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> so I was going on, and I was like, no, no, I'm really feeling this. She has to be doing this deliberately. <laughs> and i was like in the last couple of chapters and i was like if this woman has baited me in her own damn thing (laughs) like like we were gonna have words if i did not get (laughs) if i did not get a happy ending (laughs) but i did i did i got a happy ending for my ship Good. And, and, and he, Dean and Cass too. They were fine. But Dean and Cass and Destiel happened. That was great. But there was this other Destiel was fine. But <laughs> Death Witch. Death Witch were wonderful. <laughs> Yay, uh, I'm so glad you liked them. And that, you know, talking about things that grew organically, that that really was something that grew organically. I mean, I decided pretty early on that Betty was gonna actually be a character and have a role and actually mal you have yourself to thank for your new ship uh because it was Yay. something that you said <laughs> as we watched 1519 that stuck with me and is reason that that betty became her own character in this <laughs> oh we're not Ooh. we're just not bashing the finale i can talk about 1519 okay so it was the uh you know Creating it was it creating a new female character and then killing her twice within five minutes. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yes. So, I mean, that was just so spot on and that stuck with me. And so it was like, yep, Betty gets to live. Like, Betty gets to be her own person. Betty gets agency. Like, let's see who Betty is. And right, then... I, I um, mean, the... Yeah. They didn't need to give Betty a personality because uh, <laughs> she was only ever going to be around for five minutes. She existed simply to die twice. So I love that you yes. gave her a personality and a, a reason to live. <laughs> Just wonderful. I loved it. And I love the, that in doing that, you got to expand on the death law in general and work that in like became a key piece of your story and how things worked and Rowena I mean come on <laughs> I loved it Rowena deserves nice things I just want Rowena to she, have she nice does. things always yeah she does she's been through a lot like as much as she has done like some terrible terrible things she has also done and sacrificed a lot <laughs> a lot yeah. for the world and for other people and you know what like sometimes she just deserves nice things if you can't tell I really love Rowena like she was definitely one of the big heroes of the story <laughs> yes she was and i have always said about rowena's character as well that a lot of the things that she did would not be perceived as half as evil as they were if she happened to be a man so it's uh hmm. it's an interesting interesting character i loved her a lot mm-hmm. don't get me wrong a lot of the things that she did definitely very evil but just saying that there are plenty of men who who do a lot of the things that she does and get away with them just fine she's pretty ruthless so yeah, and it's not the thing that that uh, people like to see in a woman. Apparently, <laughs> it is. It isn't. No, like it's if if a woman is not naturally maternal, uh, she's instantly evil. It's it's like a trait in like TV writing in general. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And one that's that's not really fair <laughs> in general. Like not every woman is built that way. Mm-hmm. Like I say, not not everybody who's capable of having children is built that way like however they might identify that they're just not not built that way that doesn't mean that they are evil (laughs) just to be very clear those two things not connected so and i I think one of the cool things about rowena is that it's it is that ruthlessness and that even when her character became more gray and then started leaning more towards the good side of things that trait stayed like she was still very ruthless in her approaches including towards herself i mean that's why when you know the most expedient end was you know she had to sacrifice herself to to save everybody and accomplish their goal that's just what she did um and she kind of carried that ruthlessness on and you know into my story um and i tried to write her kind of that that same way it was just more turned inwards than outwards now I love a good, drawn-out, well-written redemption arc, which in a lot of fic you see done really well with Rowena, um, with Crowley too. You can get some really good um, redemption arcs with him, which the show kind of played with for a while, and then just kind of fumbled a bit at the end. But you know, <laughs> Crowley's one of my favorite characters, so I could go off on very long tangents about Crowley. Um, <clears throat> I love Crowley. I, re- I rewrote his ending too, actually, Eva. <laughs> yeah, I have a thick I, I, with his ending rewritten, written because I, yeah, wasn't a fan of that either. <sighs> oh yes, so but <laughs> I I love a really good redemption arc, and there was a lot of potential for those in Supernatural, but I just found that 
a lot of the time they didn't it didn't quite hit or at least not in the way that I wanted it to so yeah I'm a fan fan of doing those myself they redeemed the characters I didn't want redeemed (laughs) (laughs) yeah the ones I didn't care about I'm like why why are you back again get off my screen (laughs) no need to guess who I'm talking about there Mm. um so um just to like veer away from characters for a moment um at the start of each chapter this is more a technical question um you've got music embedded in each chapter which is like oh right the playlist such a great idea um so i'm just how did like how did you actually do that you've got like a little spotify widget thing that's appearing at the start of each chapter yes i remember you in chat before you posted like the first chapter i think or it might not have been the first chapter but the first chapter that you had music in. yeah it took you a while to play around with it to get it right didn't it like yeah so did it did now i'm trying to remember how i did it um (laughs) there was a lot of googling involved and ao3 actually has some very helpful guidance on how to embed audio in um a fic and i started by reading that and then i went to spotify and maybe i have to go to spotify as i'm talking to remember such a visual person trying to remember now how i I actually did that i think Um, it should just be like a little script uh that you put in yeah it was yeah there it was just a yeah there's there's kind of a button for it in spotify you just go to the share and then it's the embed html code yep and then there was a lot of trial and error and i played with some things in that to get it to be the the size that i wanted it to be i did things with html that i didn't know i could do so and obviously (laughs) i clearly don't know how to do them really because i can't even reiterate it now um i just know that i made it work and then i did that same thing every week for 14 weeks yes Uh, (laughs) well you know that's that's the method of learning to code you just find a way that works and then you keep that bit of code somewhere (laughs) And then you copy and paste it over and over again. Uh, copy and paste it. <laughs> I have a Word document of code. Actually, I do. I yes. have a, a Word document of all my HTML code and shortcuts. So I can just copy GIFs and everything. I can copy and paste because, yeah, that's, I Google it once. And then, yes, I say it right. somewhere. That's... <laughs> Writing code from memory is not a thing that happens. It's, <laughs> it's all copying, pasting and Googling. But it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. That I'm a coder. Yay. Um, but no, it's um, it's a really effective way of like getting a playlist like right into your feet. Yeah, because I've I've seen lots of fix that have you know playlists, but yeah, like I said, it's really, it's really nice to see it right in the fic, just like Ellen said. It's really nice. It's a little so. thumbnail. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it doesn't play the whole song. It plays like a snippet of it, and then you can click if you want to open Spotify and play the rest of it. Um, but yeah, it yep, was, okay. it was fun. Yeah. Playlists, you know, you put a lot of time into those and I know people, a lot of times that they're at the end of the story, if they're not embedded, like people just, you know, don't ever get around to listening to them. So I figure if there's a little snippet there, people can at least click on it and hear if they like the song. Um, like I yeah. said, you said it's, you know, it's in their face cause I listened to this, you know, one playlist on repeat for like six months as I wrote this face. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a part of me now. <laughs> It, it was fun for me because I've known for like quite some time that I think you and I, when it comes to like writing music and, and bands and things, we have quite similar taste because I was just like going through and I knew like every song that wasn't, I was like, yep, 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 yep. So now I just, I just have that playlist. I've just stolen it. <laughs> yep. I'll just use that, use that entire playlist. So. 
Wonderful. When I finally get like around it? to finish my yeah, well, when I finally get around to finishing my end first, maybe it'll help me with that. <laughs> so it has that kind of feel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked before about how Skilla is basically a supernatural tribute band, so <laughs> yes. they just they just thought they were Christian rock. They didn't know. They thought that they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one of those things that once you start to read the lyrics, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing you've got embedded in here is um, artwork. Yes. From the lovely Landy, Lady Random Box. Yes, the um, the chapter divider, the section divider for each chapter. They're, um, I was going to ask if she did that one or if it was yep, from somewhere I, else or if that was hers. Yeah, that was one that I asked her to do... Um, because that is what that actually is. And, you know, for those, I can describe it for, for those who haven't actually seen it yet. So the section divider in the fic is a, um, it's the the pentagram from the, the boy's tattoo. And it is like a light blue color. So it's, you know, has the light blue flames all around it. And the light blue is actually symbolic of grace. So, and I won't go into details of how it works that way, but that's actually the god trap that's in the story. Yes, which obviously you don't realize until a few chapters in, <laughs> but yeah. it's pretty cool when when you when you get to that point, and you're like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> up, up until that point, I was just like, oh, that's pretty. I like that blue. <laughs> <laughs> like surface <laughs> level just like oh pretty <laughs> yep yeah that's what i and then later when you get to that part you're like oh yeah like oh it clicks <laughs> yep exactly yeah. yep her artwork that's is always satisfying. so gorgeous and so perfect like she's just so good at taking a concept um or and you know taking my garbled ideas and then just handing me back this thing that is exactly what i wanted um, even if I couldn't articulate it that well to her in the first place. So I've worked with her a couple of times now and we've worked on quite a few, um, things together and just different pieces that she's, cause she did my artwork for Cupcakes and Kittens and was amazing. Uh, and so then she did the artwork. She was the, the first one I thought of for this. Um, well, she was the first one I thought of for Cupcakes and Kittens too. I, I already knew her, her artwork from, um, was from Fatback. So... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I she knew exactly. She is so talented and such a wonderful person as well. Yeah. So yes, so I knew exactly who I wanted. And then um, when I saw in my head the artwork for this fic, I knew that she would be the perfect person for it. So um, you know, the other the big piece that she did for this fic is at the very end, and um, it is. I don't want to go into too much detail. It kind of gives away what the ending scene of the fic is. Yeah. So it is, I'll so, just say, it is a... That's probably too much of a spoiler, but... Yeah, it's a it's a scene <laughs> from the show that was tweaked, and and it in itself is a fix-it. Yes. It's it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect. It's, it's an image that is a story in itself, really, and it's brilliant. I love it. It is. And if anyone has read the fic or goes to check it out after this and likes that picture... You can purchase that image on on uh, Lady Random Box's Red, uh, Red Bubble. I can't talk. 
And uh, also there are prints of it, or at least a print of it, up on her Etsy right now, already as a print. Oh, I was just about um, to ask, actually, because I saw earlier that she said she was getting some Etsy prints. Yes, I saw. I peeked. I saw it in the stack when she posted it. I was like, oh, look, there it is. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'll race you for it. Okay. If I ever make it to a con, that is what's going to be autographed for me. So <laughs> is that I've already cleared it with her. Like that, that's what I'm having autographed. And then I'm going to have to hang up some pictures of my family on the wall before I hang that up. So, um, cause that would just look <laughs> really bad otherwise. Yeah. I, uh, I do actually have more pictures of Dean and Cass on my wall than I do of my family. That's kind of <laughs> sad really, but... Nobody in my family likes having their picture taken, in my defense. like, <laughs> Yeah, we, our family doesn't either. We have some nice photos of the family, but we haven't hung any of them yeah, up. Yeah, so. we have a few, like, awkward, forced family pictures where clearly nobody is enjoying themselves. <laughs> like, so, we have a few I have ones. some gorgeous JPEGs. That is what I have. Like, <laughs> They just have not made it to print yet. I think this year I might just fully embrace it and just be like, look, let's just get the ugly sweaters out and do like a full awkward, deliberately awkward Christmas picture of the whole family and just just go for it. <laughs> like, we're going to look awkward anyway, so just embrace it. <laughs> Take the picture and be done. Why not? Putting stuff on the wall is one of those things that I think I, I would be surprised if this didn't apply to like a lot of people where you, you get things to put on the wall or you have a load of photos that you think oh i should put that on the wall and then you just never do you just sit there and go oh i should do that thing and then yeah just i literally said to forget friend, about it. i think yesterday that it goes one of two ways either i get a frame immediately or i have one waiting by the time the, the picture or the art arrives and it goes up immediately or they just look <laughs> it just looks around my house that the art or this photograph forever but fandom art is definitely something that <laughs> needs to be seen. So, <laughs> yes, it's legit. Yeah, I have I have quite a lot of framed fandom art to the point where I have frames, like I said, waiting for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I need to apologize to my family. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. We're uh, your family. <laughs> yes. You don't need to apologize it's, to it's us. True. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> We understand. It's okay. Okay. Um, Probably talk about the fic again. I'm sorry, a bit of a sidetrack there. I was going to say, one of the things I loved about the way that that they dealt with Chuck... Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers. um, ...was that Dean and Sam got to be... got to get some extra angel powers for a little while. (laughs) Just, um... And I don't have a question involving this, but I just want to say it's really cool. I like that. Thank you. I liked writing that. That was kind of a that was a fun thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that idea came from, but like I really enjoyed writing it, and it gave some great opportunity to explore kind of their backstories and explore a little trauma there when we kind of got up to that point, led up to that point, and then yeah, and then just I think the the thing I liked about it most. And this is definitely a spoiler, was um, obviously it allowed Dean to see Cass's true form. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was really fun to write. Like, that was, that was fun. <laughs> yes. One of the things that I really enjoyed, just because I guess it kind of matches my 
head canon for how things would probably happen. Um, it's just that even though um, Cass makes an appearance quite early in this story, um, him and Dean don't really get to kind of do much or sort things out. I mean, they do talk, um, but kind of sort mm-hmm. things out very much until pretty much right at the end. Um, just for no other reason in that they are damn busy, okay? <laughs> like, oh, and I just... in a tag, don't you? I do I have that in a tag. It, yeah, it says, <laughs> not because it's a slow burn, just because they're busy. <laughs> yeah, I just love that though. And that's kind of my, like, headcanon for how things would probably happen. Because even if they got, like, him out of the empty and stuff, like, the world's probably ending. And if, even if it's not ending for the same reason, it'll be ending for a different reason. And, like, that they've got they've got a lot going on. Okay, they'll, they'll get there. <laughs> like, they'll get that there eventually. Like, yeah, and in there. that was a hard line to walk, too. Like, that was really something that I struggled with, was how much to have them talk and how much to work out before we got to the main action. Both and thing like how much do they realistically have time for and then you know how much can i delay without people rioting and and leaving the thick so that was <laughs> i i definitely wanted them um and that oh that was a request from my um winning bidder was that she wanted them to go into the uh, final confrontation on the same page like she didn't want there to be she didn't want there to be any angst or tension, you know, between the two of them. She wanted the angst to be external, which, you know, you guys have read my writing. I write a lot of angst between them so normally yeah. when I write. So that was kind of a different thing to um, a different dynamic to explore was trying to make sure that I kept the angst external. But at the same time, yeah, they obviously weren't going to have time to have you know, worked everything out between them. I mean, they had, you know, a few issues with, you know, Cass sacrificing himself and going to the empty and that whole unrequited confession and needing to take care of that. Like, it was, they had a lot. Um, So, you know, it's like, how much of that do we get into to where we're like, okay, we good? We good. All right, you know, let's go fight an apocalypse. Like, yeah. I kind of almost feel like that pressure of the apocalypse was kind of good for them, though. (laughs) <laughs> just because it kind of forced them into that whole like all right you, you good we good let's yeah. move on kind of space so that they didn't have time to fall into that like early season 15 divorce arc moment again <laughs> like they yeah. didn't have time for that shit they gotta sort this out right now that's right so. we had to keep the momentum going like you know we've got we've got stuff to do let's let's do this yeah um but they did talk a little they got a little bit worked out enough to where you know they used words. Exactly. But they I mean, used to be words. fair, Cass had already used his, to be fair. <laughs> so True. Cass had used quite a few words. And he then used you, quite a few used words, a but... However, point could be made, he could have used them two years earlier. So, you know. <laughs> he could. Dean yeah. used some words. He used some things that weren't words. Yeah, um, exactly. When but they I don't first think, yeah, had I don't think either meeting. of them gets a free pass here. Like... <laughs> As usual, as usual, neither of them gets a free pass. They they both they both need to do some work there. So. I do have to say, I, I kind of blatantly stole part of that scene from Doctor Who. Um, yes. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, and I'm very excited about how many people picked up on it. <laughs> that were really I had lots of comments about that. Um, so I was actually excited that people very much picked up on that. Um, 
because that was kind of how the entire confession scene felt to me. It felt very much like a Ten Rose situation. Yes. Yeah. Which, you Which... know, amazingly enough, no one ever questions whether or not that's reciprocated. But anyways, that's another conversation. Uh, yeah. No idea why that could be. <laughs> no clue. Just yeah. Not sure what the difference is between that ship and the other one. Like, I'm not no sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> what could be the reason? They do in- actually end up getting it together by the end, which is great. And um, there is eventually a little bit of smart, but it doesn't happen until right at the very end, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. The last, it's the, the penultimate chapter. So it's the, the last chapter of the main fic. Um, just because that's the first time they really have to, to slow down and, and breathe. And, you know, breathing leads to other things. So that's, uh, <laughs> especially if and they do talk, yes. they do some more talking then, and they work out the rest of their, their shit. So um, they are in very, they're in a very good place. By, by the end of the story. Yes, and everyone lives. <laughs> everyone li- well, Everyone that you want to live, lives. Yes. I'll say that. There is actually... There is only one permanent death in the entire fic. And no, absolutely no one has been said about that. So, so. I was going to say, possibly one of the longest... Can I call it a battle scene? I mean, it is a battle scene, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with calling it a battle scene because that's not necessarily spoilery. People won't know what's going on if I call it that. <laughs> yeah. So possibly like one of the longest that I've read. Scene. Yeah, definitely multi-chapter. But at the same time, it never felt like it dragged because there were so many different things happening and kind of different like waves of things happening and even though there were so many characters and so many like I said different different parts happening never lost track of anything so that's definitely a uh, credit to your writing there I think that you could keep track of all of that and be able to have the reader keep track of all of that um, without it feeling like effort at any point like it was just all very clear in my head who was doing what and even when you were kind of switching between like different different groups so that we could see what was happening with the different characters like it was never confusing it was all very clear so good job very good job thank you thank you yeah. happy this is my first uh, battle or fight scene that i've ever written so um it was a very it was a whole kind of new world my first this is my first fic that really has that kind of action so um was a lot of fun to write yeah yeah, it's a lot of fun to read as well. I really liked it. So, Thank you. Oh, and I was going to say, it's possibly, at least until this point, there are probably lots more out there, but um, I probably should have at the beginning of the episode said that I haven't read a ton of um, fix-its yet, just because I had one in my head that I wanted to write. So until I had completely gotten like a really detailed outline of that, kind of out on paper so that I already knew what I wanted to do without being influenced by anybody else um I didn't want to like go and read a bunch (laughs) so I just wanted to make sure that like the one I was writing down was just completely what was in my head and not influenced by anything 
Um, and then we decided to do this episode. So I was like, right, I need to get this outline out of my head, dump that down and then dive in and start reading. So this was one of the first like big fixits that I sat down to read. And probably because of that, it is the first fic I think I've ever read that had the um, Shedim turn up in it. I have never seen them even oh, referenced, I don't think, Shedim. in a fic before. Yeah. Yeah, the Shedim. I've never Shedim. seen them anywhere in fic well, before. Well, I mean, they weren't really in the I mean, they show. Were, like, they, they were kind of They were teased. mentioned they teased like us one with time. <laughs> yeah, they teased us with what sounded like a really cool concept and then yeah. never delivered <laughs> and i feel yeah. like usually those are the kinds of things that like fanfic writers grab a hold of and are like how dare you <laughs> so i'm hoping i'll see a lot more of them in the future because yeah cool concept like something to play with that we never really got to see explored in the show so yeah they it were was fun they to were, see them they were fun to play with too and they made me very happy i kind of be honest i forgot about them for a minute um that was one of those loose ends that supernatural just never kind of tied up and yeah. was one of our friends mentioning it in a discord server that uh, reminded me of it and i was really excited because i had actually written the leviathan as kind of the big baddie at that point um and i wasn't really happy with that because you know no one likes the Leviathan, <laughs> but um, you know, except me. I think they're they're, they're, they're they're Chuck's favorite monster. You know, they've got to make an appearance, and so the Shadim gave me a really great opportunity, and I actually rewrote an entire like chapter and a half to rework the storyline to include them, and I think it made it a lot better. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you liked them, and then they were absolutely just fantastic monsters to write like my my motivation for them was like you know reavers but worse so yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say they gave me like reaver vibes basically <laughs> that was so fun i liked it i liked it yeah i had a few comments like um, those are reavers yes yes they are yes <laughs> but supernatural ones they're bigger and taller yes. and long claws so <laughs> So yeah, that was fun. Thanks, thanks for putting those in because thank you. So and I should I say like too that I actually did the um, the same thing as Mal. The, the entire time I was conceiving and writing this fic, um, I did not read any other fix it fix for kind of the same reason. Like I wanted to to make sure that I wasn't being influenced by anyone else's work and that you know my ideas were my own. Um, and I was really worried I would read like someone would write someone something similar to what I wanted to write and then I wouldn't be able to write it. So anything that you read in my story that has any similarities to any other fix it out there is strictly because we just all happen to know good storytelling and want the same things out of the, yeah, the narrative. We're all fixing um, the same is, thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We, we all manifested the same ideas um, purely uh, coincidentally because I had not read anything before I had finished and finished posting this fic. It's almost like the narrative arcs were leading towards certain things that they then did not deliver on. It's crazy. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> all, of the, all of the actual, you know, writers out there picked up on that and went, oh. This is where the story's going. Yeah, yeah. Why, let's write it down. Uh, I, wonder how, I wonder how they're going to do it. But then it just didn't happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, no finale. No. I'm, I'm all for. I'm all for the um, the you know it many cakes. So long that method. time. <laughs> I uh, 
love the idea of multiple fix all using the same tropes. Like, I will eat. Eat? Oh dear, I really went down the cake metaphor <laughs> a little too You'll much. You'll eat all the cake. You, <laughs> you will definitely. Eat, I will eat. eat all the cake. We love cake of every flavour. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, the, the, the many cakes metaphor, I will happily read um, many, many fics which all have the same trope because at the end of the day like we are reading it because we want to see that thing so i will read a million and one interpretations of the same thing over and over um but it is nice sometimes to want to write something because that was your specific unique idea that you had and you don't want it to be influenced by anything else you just want to try and get that specific idea out of your head so that is not to say that if there are you know many many fics out there that are do have similar similar elements in them that is probably just because those were the elements that logically the finale should have had in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. This was a very big, shiny, well, we don't rate things around here, so we're just going to do like awkward bisexual finger guns and grins, <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> Great thing. <laughs> That's the top score around here. See that reaction now. (laughs) There we go. That's that's the top score. Just the ah, the Dean Winchester score. There we go. That's great. That's my new goal. I just want awkward, you know, bisexual finger guns for every fic from now on. Yes, (laughs) that's how you know you're succeeding in life. That's right. I think it'd be a pretty accurate way to know you're succeeding in fandom. Really, like that would be pretty spot on. Like that's (laughs) that sounds like our fandom. That's us. Okay, I've got an idea for Love like it. a. If I ever get to a convention, that's an op idea. <laughs> oh, the amount that I just do that when I talk to myself, I'm like, un- say, unfortunately expressive that even like behind my computer screen, I end up just doing that to myself when I'm talking to people. It's unfortunate. <laughs> There's been a lot of finger guns in this podcast. Just saying, <laughs> even though no one can see them. <laughs> just me here by myself <laughs> it's the magic of radio you can yep. hear the finger guns <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll just have to take a little picture of myself doing the awkward finger guns so I can put it on the website just so people can have the visual <laughs> like, there we go <sighs> okay. be the next t-shirt it'd be great <laughs> that's the next shirt there we go <laughs> someone let Liz know she needs to redesign the logo <laughs> so that we can have <laughs> Uh, okay yeah before I do any more ridiculous Let's tangents move. that Let's we don't along. need shall we move along to the next pick <laughs> um, so the next pick that we're going to talk about today um, is Buffer Time by Sunday Zenith it is 42,000 words long um, it was written very soon I was going to say very soon after the finale. No, I apparently have no, no, no sense you. of time whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very new. Not last October, this October. Last October, yes. it wouldn't even have existed in time for the finale to have been a thing. <laughs> oh, this pandemic has messed me up. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, what is time? <laughs> so this story is actually very new. Um, it was completed in October 2021. I don't think this was part of... Oh, it was. It was a DCBB. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know there's art in it, so I wasn't sure if um, it was just private art. But no, it is 
a DCBB fig um, with art by Gabester Sketch. So we will make sure to link to that as well because I loved the art in this story. Yes. Yeah, I downloaded this one to read, so I didn't see the art immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I went to look it up on AO3 and I was like, ah, those pictures! <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> so yeah, we will make sure to link these for you. Yes. So the summary for the story goes a little like this. When Dean wakes up in his town's jail cell with a disoriented Cass, he happily rolls with it. Sure, he knows he'll be the laughing stock of town for a few days. What deputy locks himself in his own jailhouse? But as long as Cass is there, things are fine. Until he realises his memory is unusually fuzzy. Until Cass starts acting strange and morose. Until he starts having brief flashes of Cass being taken from him by an inky black entity. Until Cass starts talking about plot holes and tropes. Until he wakes up by a fire in the woods on a quest to fight a dragon. No, wait, in an ambulance late for his shift as a surgeon. No, wait, Dean's just trying to figure out why he and Cass keep waking up in different genres and why Cass seems so distant, while Sam works with Eileen, Gabriel, and a few others to try do the same on the other side of a laptop. Um, so as you can probably tell, this is a somewhat WandaVision-inspired finale fix-it. It is not a kind of um, like plot-for-plot plot, um, AU sort of um, story. It, it's very much just inspired by it. It has some of those elements in it, um, but it's not a crossover or anything like that. Um, but for those who have seen WandaVision, it does have that kind of kind of alternate universe thing going on. Um, I will admit to the fact that I've actually not seen all of WandaVision. I have seen some of it, but there's too much TV to watch <laughs> and I don't have enough hours in the day <laughs> so I actually never finished WandaVision I know I'm, I'm terrible um, I did finish this fic though and I really liked it so <laughs> what did you think <clears throat> oh I love this one too so it's very clever the way that um, it has actually brought in elements of WandaVision kind of um, actually it was very similar in that at the beginning of WandaVision when you're watching the first few episodes especially it's very confusing like you you honestly you have no idea what's going on and neither do the characters i guess um and it's not until a few episodes in and a few chapters in in this case that you start realizing what's going on and um i mean if you don't want to hear spoilers for this fic like skip ahead here because i don't th i don't feel like we can talk yeah, about I it don't properly without giving it away to talk about without spoilers. um yeah quite right whoa, 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 whoa. spoilers but so in wandavision um wanda is the one like scarlet witch basically she is creating this pocket universe and it's based on tv shows that she knows like you know in different um decades i guess so it starts off quite like a you know 60s kind of sitcom thing and then moves on to in each episode is like a different kind of um feel and and look and everything so in this fic we have um Cass who has been uh pulled from the empty I want to say he, he wakes up from the empty and um has oh, it's a real spoiler but <laughs> so skip ahead skip ahead uh he uh, he goes to Dean who is in the process of dying on a <laughs> rebar in the barn and takes him and and pulls him into this alternate universe of his creation so um so then they are jumping between different 
um, genres of TV show in, in sort of that Cass is making up. And um, it's a brilliant concept. Um, I just really loved the way that it all came together. Yeah, it's brilliantly done because like you said at the beginning, um, obviously Cass isn't, even though Cass is the one doing this, he's he's not really in control of it. Um, yeah. He doesn't even really realise until much later on that he's the one doing it. Um, yeah. And it, it's all kind of a, a big accident. He's clearly not very well <laughs> which given everything is is perfectly understandable just kind of needs a hug <laughs> plus a lot yeah. of other things which is um, a direct parallel to the way that it happens with wonder and um you know vision <laughs> wonder and Aww. vision Sad. <laughs> yeah i i actually hadn't seen any of wonder vision and so you know when i i read this fic i was kind of coming in cold um it's still it's wonderful even if you've not seen so if you haven't seen WandaVision like you don't need to see it to enjoy this fic um but it definitely is when you start reading it I'm like reading it and then I'm like wait a minute I'm like scrolling back up I'm like I thought I was reading a finale fix it says it's a finale fix it okay and I'm like going back down to this western that it starts in um so it was just it kind of pulled me in from the beginning because it just starts out so very differently from any other fix it that I've read and you know a lot of them a lot of them start off like you know they don't start off in a very happy place obviously you know they're starting after 1518 or 1519 usually and you know Cass is in the empty and it's a very heavy place to start a fic it's kind of a hard place to start a fic too um and then this you know the the first line talks about Dean feeling warm and safe and and everything um so it was kind of a lovely way to to start off a fix it and then we kind of get into the heavy stuff after we've had this initial um kind of bizarre western scene yeah when i've um read the the first part of the first chapter i actually wondered if um maybe like dean was dreaming or something like that like i was Mm -hmm. like honestly like all right that there are cowboys and Cass is alive like when is dean gonna wake up (laughs) like something's But then I really liked that even in that like first part, there were just like little, little lines or tiny little blips, like little things mm-hmm. would happen where it already started up to just kind of build that sense of something being not quite right. Yeah. So yes, I mean, it I wasn't jarring early on necessarily. It was just kind of subtle little things. And then it built like built up and built up to where in the later chapters which i don't think it's a spoiler to say i think it's pretty obvious uh from the summary that you know there are lots of different scenarios going on here so we're in westerns we're in hospitals we're in um where else are we where else are we um the fantasy kind of au mm-hmm. with the oh yeah i liked and... that one yeah yeah um, um we're in all these different places and it builds up and builds up and it gets increasingly chaotic as it goes along um but even in that first one there's just a sense of kind of wrongness building up throughout yeah and that that was done really well because um i know i keep saying back to wandavision but in wandavision um you get that as well like in it'll be a sitcom it'll be funny and happy and whatever and there's canned laughter you know and then all of a sudden 
someone will say something and there won't be laughter and it's it just feels so wrong you're just like Ooh, oh that wasn't, that's yeah. not what I was expecting you know it's, it sets you on edge and I did go through like most of WandaVision just thinking oh my god this is going to fucking break my heart isn't it <laughs> because you've just got this <laughs> real kind of dread building as you go on um and like it doesn't have like the happiest ending but this fic does have a happy ending just to reiterate it it does end well yeah yeah i really liked the way you know they both even from that very first chapter yeah you start to to see you know they get glimpses of of sensing that this isn't real or sen- sensing at least that there's something else between them some elephant in the room that they're not addressing and they kind of address that with yeah. one another even though they don't really know what's going on and um, until we kind of get to the point where it's announced, you know, that who it is that's doing, you really don't know. You can't tell which one of them is doing this or if it's something external that's being done to both of them. So um, I kind of, I like that aspect of it too. And like it, it does kind of feel like a dream when it starts off, but I, I didn't get that, that gin dream feeling, you know, like that's a very distinctive feeling when you're reading a, a fic with one of those where things are just so over the top happy and um yeah this you know was a little a little different a little off things weren't necessarily happy there were you know we were they were in like you know movie and tv show plots where things go wrong and there's you know something bad that's looming on the horizon like there are in stories so you didn't have that kind of fantasy over over the top happy um apple pie kind of scenario that you do in when you think about what's usually a dream scenario yeah. It was just really well executed. Yeah. And there were certain threads that kept running through all of the different scenarios and you could kind of, you know, pick up on them and see them coming and you could see how it was almost like the the chaos was building <laughs> and you could see how yeah. you were getting closer to each scenario breaking when those things started to, to come out and be clearer. Um, like there was the sign where um, Cass's hand would start believing in each mm-hmm. AU that they were in, yeah. um, which obviously was a reference to the scene actually mm-hmm. in canon where it's bleeding. Um, and something that they pointed out, which I don't know why, you know, sometimes you just read a single line and it just like punches you like in between the ribs and it, <laughs> it just... <laughs> it never leaves your head and it was the way that they pointed out well of course because he never got to heal that mm. and i was just like oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's right like he, he oh. never did and then i was just like oh and I, it was one of those words where i just like stopped reading for a second and i was like oh it's like oh i has a sad yeah i guess he didn't <laughs> i was just like okay just gonna sit oh. here quietly for a second I'm fine. <laughs> just, just Thank like, you, author. <laughs> because it makes I absolute sense. Should... But I just never thought yeah. about it before. I was like, oh, no. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Dean running to Cass every time there's danger at the end of every AU is what really got me. Like, every time Cass is in danger, he just, like, full tilt runs for him. Um and that just, I don't know, that really... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely what would happen. Yep. It is. 
he does it every time in canon anyway. <laughs> well, think, you know, this, um, is, this is Dean running because he didn't get that chance in, you know, during after uh, Cass's confession when the empty came for him. He didn't get that chance to, to run for him to try to jump in the way, you know. Yeah, there was Cass nothing that him he away. could do. <laughs> so. <sighs> for some reason, Cass's screaming got to me in this. Like, in a really good way. Like, it, it, like, got to me because Cass is usually, like, so stoic. Like, you never usually, like, even when he's clearly in pain or whatever, you don't usually really ever, like, hear him complain or anything like that. But the fact that, like, in almost every version of this, once it starts kind of falling apart a bit more, um, the part that, towards the end of each one, where it basically, like, blows open and he's screaming... Like, that got to me. I was like, well, how horrible must that be? Especially once you get further along and it gets to the point where Dean sees that or hears it or is in some way exposed to that. I'm like, that has to be pretty horrible to wrap your head around. <laughs> I was like, that's poor Cass. Pat, pat. <laughs> that's, that's just not nice. I actually felt um, for Sam as well in this one. Like, he's got... Um... Eileen and um, the other person who does show up is is Gabriel and so at first when they're seeing this um, you know Dean and, and Cass and the laptop uh, they're watching it and poor Sam just he, he's going through still going through his grief over losing both of them and in his in to him like Dean disappeared from that barn like he never his body was just gone so mm-hmm. he doesn't know whether what's what he's seeing on the laptop is really them or if it's just someone playing it you know this is a um you know a copy of them someone's making this up or what so for him it's he spends quite a a while in this fic just not knowing if it's really them or if they're back or what what's happening so some of the angst really comes through there as well Mm -hmm. poor sam puts up with a lot (laughs) in this he, uh, yes he does yeah he puts up with I think with I think this is a good lot. time to point out that we forgot to mention the most important um alternate universe that they found themselves in <laughs> speaking of Sam uh, putting up the oh <laughs> the po- the porn one yes <laughs> <laughs> I squealed when I read that one so, I <laughs> Oh. I was re- I was just reading and then all of a sudden they got to whatever bit it was that revealed what it was. I was like, oh my god, they really went there. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh. When it cast me out too, because it's supposed to be, you know, we eventually figure out that it's, you know, it's it's cast doing this and why, you know, and he's he's recreating all of these television shows that he had watched when he was in the bunker. And these were his comfort yeah. shows. <laughs> and then that one's in and there. It turns out the pizza man and the babysitter was one of them. It was one of Cass's comfort shows. <laughs> and then when the two of them just realize what's going on themselves and just crack up, <laughs> that was when I was like, okay, I need to put this down and just laugh to myself for a little while. Yep, I love the so fact good. that they just dealt with that with just terrible jokes. Yes. And the fact that then, out on the other side, in the, I guess, air quotes, like, real world, that, uh, it's like, Gabriel's kind of, like, almost annoyed that they're dealing with it that way. 
<laughs> like, how dare they? This isn't art. <laughs> like... Sam just like nopes out of there. He's like, I am not watching this anymore. <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, they're making a mockery of Gabriel's art and the uh, Eileen's yes. anyone who's dealing with it with like a level head at that point. <laughs> oh, yep, that that particular uh, AU was brilliant, I have to say. Which one was your favorite? Was that your favorite one? I think that was my favorite, know, only because favorite. it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I do. I like. I that did one. enjoy the humor of that one. Um, otherwise, I did. I did really enjoy the cowboy part, just because I think, given how much yeah. Dean enjoys cowboy stuff, like in canon and everything, I don't actually see a lot of that AU-wise in fanfic. I don't think so. It was nice to have like a little kind of cowboy snippet at you for a while there yeah i liked the one um with the elves and the the elf city like in the trees and whatever mm-hmm. I, I thought that was quite uh you know beautifully described yes i love a good fantasy at you i think the hospital one was the creepiest for me the creepiest yes the hospital one just you know that's when they discover you know, if you get too far away people stop moving like that was just yeah that was kind of creepy. Yeah, the yeah. people just not moving. Yeah, that that is kind of creepy. And when they were moving, they were trying to get him to go mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, that was that was weird. That's when things started getting really weird. <laughs> Plus, that was the one. I think that was the first one where Jimmy and Amelia turned up, right? So that was the one where I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh this is getting strange now. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Not that it wasn't hadn't already been strange by that point, but. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yes. So this fic has its angsty moments, but is also just a lot of fun, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and we can't also neglect to say that you do, we are pretty much treated to Dean being forced to act out part of the chick flick. So that's, that's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The airport. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm, I enjoyed that. I'm a fan of that trope. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, are you serious? Do I really have to do it? <laughs> yep. I quite enjoyed, you, um, you know, Dean getting annoyed because uh, he's kissed Cass a couple times in these AUs, and he's like, and now I realize that you know you didn't even think you were kissing me. <laughs> you didn't think I was real, so he got a little indignant about that. <laughs> yep. It was great. It's like, no, I want to redo. Like, no. <laughs> So he gets like <laughs> multiple first kisses. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that I love the fact that the writer remembered to touch on the fact and actually include within the fic um, the fact that no one ever told Gabriel that Chuck was his dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is one of the only yes. fics that I can think of um, where that's actually addressed <laughs> and that they tell him um, on the page. <laughs> So that we get to see that be addressed, because for some reason, yeah, that's... he's pretty upset about it. If I remember, yeah, I don't. He doesn't seem very happy <laughs> about that. So, but yeah, Chuck and and Becky are actually in this fic as well, aren't mm-hmm. they? They they come in to the bunker to help out. Yes, uh, so it's human. This is like a Chuck, yeah, so post kind of post canon fifteen nineteen Chuck. So. Yeah, um, yeah, and they're quite funny in this as well. Yes. Sniping at each other and 
<laughs> it's nice to see Chuck and Becky argue um, about the story. And it's kind of nice Again. to see yes. there's a <laughs> there's a there's even a scene, I believe, where Becky um is saying that, you know, that she never used to um be a Dean Cass person, but sometimes, you know, if you follow the story along, like <laughs> you have to go where it where it's logically leading. <laughs> there are there are some interesting <laughs> Yeah. There are some interesting um lines included there which which i really really liked i liked what the what the author did there in that scene there's a bit of shade and shade thrown yeah it was really good i liked the <laughs> way it was done it was a lot of fun and we haven't touched on jack at all or any of that kind of stuff that that's going on in this but it's a good good story lots of fun a little bit of a little bit of angsty stuff but i think any fix it is gonna have to deal with that so but this was definitely a really fun kind of mechanism to to do it through i think very unique yep all right so let's go on to the third fic which is called anamnesis pretty sure that's how you pronounce it <laughs> um by cenotaphy okay so this was published um in december in 2020 so after the finale and it only has four chapters it's twenty-five thousand words um and it's rated g g for general and the summary goes like this chuck is depowered jack is the new god and the world is free dean and sam get into the impala and chase down the miles on an endless highway and their story is finally finally their own to follow at least that's what dean tells himself but the diners and motels and painted interstate lines are blurring together and the smallest details keep catching at his brain like tiny fish hooks and he can't quite shake the feeling that not everything is exactly as it should be so this it picks up um, directly after directly at the end of fifteen nineteen, like when you know that scene that we were all like when it aired, we were all like, "How can this be the end? They're clearly not happy. They're driving down a highway, and you know that song is playing. You know the only thing that I remember super clearly now from those last two episodes, other than the barn scene the thing that is like etched into my brain that I can't forget is that awkward scene of them both in the bunker where they're like smiling at the camera and they both look possessed yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I've never been able to get that out of my head where they're supposed to look happy but they both look like they are being tortured and I oh can't goodness, work I... out what that was supposed to be like I don't like that can't have genuinely been like the stage direction could not have possibly been that they were supposed to like actually smile and be happy surely because they know how to do that like they're human beings <laughs> they look like they've just been like zipped into their like human suits and they're trying to smile <laughs> what's happening I mean, they had just lost um you know they'd lost a bunch of people and they'd it was just um, oh it's so I don't know. creepy and <sighs> it did not mesh with the no, it, it didn't like, mesh with the dialogue and what was. It just gave me an impression that there would be a, you know, something that would need to be addressed with that in the next episode. Yeah. That then you know, what what wasn't exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if 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 something slightly more somber would have made sense, mm -hmm. or even the other way, and something more like almost hysterically happy would have made sense. That 
would probably then have broken down later. But like that was just yeah. so awkwardly hovering in the middle that it didn't land for me at all. <laughs> it was very strange. So yeah, anyway, sorry, that's my enduring gnarly trauma that I will never forget. I tried to find a, a still of that scene that looked happy. I was looking for, you know, art purposes that I was trying to, you know, find a still of that scene where they looked happy and were smiling and n- no, it was... <laughs> It was just, not. No. <laughs> no. 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 They're not happy. They're wasn't, not happy. wasn't there. Yeah, and then they, 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 get, they, they get in the car and they drive off and Running on Empty is playing. That's the song. And you and we were just all, I remember at the time, everyone on the socials were just like, okay, they're, they're going to be happy in the next, <laughs> the next, everything's going to be resolved. It's going to be okay because they're setting it up. This is the lowest moment. It can only go up from here. It did and, not. Um, it did. No, yes. no. It went clown mimes from there. <laughs> so. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. So I looked up. Anyway, anyway. This, um, so this, the title of this thing, I was, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it meant. Um, and it means a recollection, especially of a supposed previous existence. So. Hmm. It's basically, it's kind of deja vu, like, mm-hmm. I've, you know, this is, I, I remember something that I've done before, even though supposedly I've never done it. Cool. And I, that's what I'm guessing is the, the meaning that we're taking out of it. Yes, which makes um, a lot of sense with the fic itself. So. It does. Um, so I guess without, okay, so spoiler alert, <laughs> they they are driving along and they, as they are in, in the end of the episode, and they realize that something is not quite right. And then um they do their usual brother banter like bitch jerk whatever and then all of a sudden it takes a little while but they something twigs and they remember um Cass and they remember everything everyone who they haven't got in touch with to see if they're okay yet and the whole thing just breaks down and it turns as it turns out they're stuck in a loop um of like they didn't defeat Chuck at all and he has them stuck in this loop um, sort of going through this driving down the highway going to diners thing over and over again and um, it's it's such a the nightmare of it is really well portrayed in this mm. I, I thought mm-hmm. like it's very uncomfortable reading and, and it's clearly meant to be like it's you know that's uh intended as a compliment um it's it's yeah. it's very uncomfortable reading so it's i i loved this fix so much like this is i think this is the only chuck one um fix it that i've read like you know even amongst fix it's there are certain you know kind of uh subcategories now you have you know um someone goes to the empty cast you know the, the dean rescues cast from the empty fix you kind of got the human cast fix where cast becomes a human at the end and you've got you know chuck one fix um and this is kind of the only chuck one fix that i've read and i just i i loved it um i don't know that i'm a chuck one truther when it comes to the, to the actual show but um knowing that there's not going to be a, a resolution you know what i mean knowing that you know I, not, not knowing for certain that there's going to be a fix it for that in the actual canon. I just 
my heart can't can't take that <laughs> in terms of the actual show. But for a fic, it's fantastic, and I love that. Um, and and this was just done so well. Like it was just even from the craft standpoint, from the execution of it, like the way. Um, those little hints that they gave in the first chapter so that you knew something was up. Like it was always, was it Washington? It's always two days to Washington. Mm-hmm. Or two days, yeah. or two days <laughs> to Washington. They're two days to Washington. No matter how long they've, they've still been driving. Every time Sam asks, they're still two days from Washington. And then we see that repeated again and again. And it's those little repetitious things that start to tweak their brains to go like, something is not right here. And then it'll click. And what really got me with this fic was just seeing Dean lose Cass again and again and again. Like that. And it's just, it's like he experiences it and remembers for the first time all over again. That wound is a brand new wound every time. And that was just so cathartic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> it was it was sad and it, but was, it was believe me it was sad but it was also like I mean I think there were a number of us like I wrote it in my fic like my fic doesn't start off very happy like he's like Dean's on the you know basement floor he's in a bad place and I've read a lot of stories that start that way and I know uh, there was a lot of discussion at the end of the show with you know people wanting to see Dean grieve more or longer and yeah we were still grieving you know and I know for me personally I was so convinced after 1518 that Cass was gonna come back like I'm just like they can't leave it there like of course he's gonna be back and so by the time that I actually realized he wasn't coming back and by the time I actually started to to grieve everybody else you know that you know the characters had moved on and I'm like wait no like, no, 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 we're sad about Cass yeah. right now. So, yeah, I needed yeah. to... I think that's partially why um, the finale felt so cold in a way because uh, we were still, you know, definitely grieving that and we wanted to see them do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having whatever <clears throat> time jump happened, we don't know for sure how long it was and for them to just not even address it at all was just that, you know, really jarring. That six-month to five-year time gap they had. Um, no matter what the time jump was, I think that's why it felt disingenuous yes. because we didn't get to see any of that grief yeah, at all. It. So yeah. it felt like it yeah. never happened. And I mean, who's to say whether it did or didn't, but we didn't get to see any of it. So therefore, as an audience, it never happened. Yep. Like we needed, yeah. we needed Dean to grieve with us. Yeah. To help yeah. us through it. And I mean, even, and Sam too, because. And Sam, yes. Yeah. And there were so many questions that were never answered. I mean, we have to make a lot of assumptions to make that finale work. Yep. So. So we just keep punishing them and fix again and again, and they'll, they'll grieve with us yeah. in, in our. And I still house. think they stole a dog, so. <laughs> <I'm> still, <laughs> I sorry. wrote you a solution to that. You, you did. Yeah. I like your solution, and I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep that. Um, however, canon-wise, <laughs> they are still dog thieves, and there is still probably some kid out there who <laughs> is putting up little wanted posters um, because his doggy oh. just disappeared from the middle of the street one day. Um, so, <laughs> no. just saying. <laughs> I 
think in my other my other story I even wrote a tag like they did not steal the dog or something like that. <laughs> People were really upset over that. Like Really? I mean the dog disappeared with like in the episode, so they never addressed how they actually got the dog back. Yeah, I get <laughs> They didn't. I guess so, it does kind of imply that if the dog came back, that means the dog was real and not just created by Chuck. And so, yes, then I guess you could think that they they stole the dog. I think this is just one of those things. The like, dog. the dog is just another one of those things where it's, it's like Misha said once upon a time. Yeah. Don't pull the thread. <laughs> like, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't pull the thread. Just don't do it. <sighs> So yeah, it goes without saying this fic um, is very angsty. <laughs> um, it hurts over and over again for both the characters and for the reader. <laughs> but um, by the time they do, everything does break down and they sort of work out how they might get out of it, um, it does end happily. Yes, it does have a happy ending. Um, it, it also does. has two, two things that I love in it. Um, odd, odd little things that, that I love. Um, one of which is probably obvious because it's tagged, and I think this is a fairly well-known, loved thing of mine. Um, there is a big old tag that says, Michael retains his cool redemption arc and does not ruin it for no good reason. Um, that was one <laughs> yes. of my main issues with the way the show ended. Yes. Yes. That his... The, the, the whole thing with Michael made no sense like no sense whatsoever yeah. <laughs> it was completely nonsensical yeah, and then pointless so <laughs> yeah that yeah. was very irritating so I refuse uh, that that has no part in my canon for sure um, and I'm glad that this particular author seems to agree with that <laughs> so I like that yes um, I, love I that enjoy too. yeah I enjoy um, Adam and Michael I think they're just very 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 interesting characters because they went about things in such different ways than Michael and Adam, uh, sorry, than Michael and Dean did. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's endlessly fascinating to me. Um, so similar, but so different at the same time. And my other odd little yeah. thing that I'm like always fascinated by, and this is going to make me sound like more of a weirdo than usual, is that I have this strange love of anything that kind of explores or touches on like liminal spaces between like spaces between like mm-hmm. dimensions and planes and those things that we can't really perceive but are somewhere between somewhere else <laughs> and i love yeah. the way that the um author represented that in this story i think representations of places like that in movies and books and things like that are very very fascinating because um, a lot of the time they kind of have things in common with how we perceive them um, how they're done in movies um, try to think of some examples like I know movies like The Matrix and stuff like that where like places in between other places and how they're like visually represented are very fascinating lots of corridors with doors and like mm-hmm. dank spaces with terrible lighting and <laughs> stuff like that which is interesting <laughs> because that reminds me of somewhere in supernatural canon which is um <laughs> something we could get into but we probably won't today um but there's mm. uh, somewhere in supernatural which is uh you know a big space with lots and lots and lots of doors and some questionable lighting um but uh i really really like uh that they had this whole kind of like 
liminal area between all of the different planes and the, even the empty, even though we're told it's, you know, this, this area of nothingness when it comes down to it is just another plane of existence. Um, and the only way to get somewhere outside of, outside of Chuck really is to be in between all of those places. So I don't know. I find that kind of stuff really fascinating. I like thinking about that kind of thing. Eh. Yeah, it's really neat. Similarly, I, I really like um, stories that do with that talk about cosmic balance, and you know that was kind of a, a big thing in this story, and it tied into Adam Michael. I love Adam Michael too, and that's been one of my favorite thing about reading Fix It Fix is every fic in which one of them is mentioned, they fix that whole disaster. Like it's, <laughs> you know, that that whole. I will never not be mad about Michael. Um, but yeah, yeah, so they had the Adam Michael and, and Jack duality. And they kind of pointed out some similarities between Adam Michael and Jack that ties into kind of the, the crux of the story here and how Chuck is defeated and what happens next. Um, but basically that Adam and Michael and Jack both represent balance. They're both part angel, part human, just obviously in two different ways. And because of that, they're in balance themselves and they're also able to balance one another, which ends up being um, really important. But it was just really cool. I don't know that I had really thought about Adam Michael kind of being the only logical counterbalance to Jack. And for those who are interested in Michael Adam, there is actually a second part to this verse, which oh, is yes. Michael Adam focused. So, for those who want is to, it? yeah, there's oh, a, like a little kind of one shot um, that's basically a discussion between oh, Michael and Adam. I was so excited yeah. to discover that. <laughs> yes, I know what I'm reading after this. Oh. I do love oh, those exciting. two. It's funny because that's one of the kind of there's a lot of different opinions about a lot of different things in the finale and i think that is one of the few things that i've yet to really see that many differing opinions on like i don't think i've seen anybody be happy with the way that things ended for adam and michael like Mm -hmm. i haven't seen anyone with that opinion on on any side of any kind of like shipping or opinion fence i don't think i've seen anybody happy with that yet (laughs) so well, I guess in the end it was kind of a cheap kind of a, you know, backstab. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just it wasn't frustrating necessary. that they did this kind of genuinely, like, well-paced and satisfying feeling redemption arc for him. Well, redemption arc, I mean, it's arguable whether you can really call it that, because, I mean, did he need one? Questionable. But... Yeah, he wasn't bad in the first place. Yeah, but he came around to their way of thinking, I guess, is more kind of a better way to say it um kind of joined up the team and all the rest of it and and was an asset to them and then at the last second did this switch that then made no sense (laughs) made no sense whatsoever and then Hmm. also had no point like it didn't achieve anything within the story it didn't gain anything there was just it it felt so pointless (laughs) it's terrible Mm -hmm. <sighs> what yeah. it felt like. That's... No, I'm not going to do it. Put the salt down. Now, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Fixing Adam Michael is one of my Ugh. must-haves for a fix-it. Like, it just, yes. it has to be there. Like, it's, it's, uh, that's as, I would say that's almost as important. That's a, okay, it's a, that's as important as Dusty L to me. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's, 
yeah. I could have lived without you know a finale without Dustiel. Uh, but like what they did to Michael, it was it was just so pointless and. It felt like they sacrificed them for another cheap shot to get Lucifer on screen. And that pissed me off. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just about to say that was almost as useless as bringing Lucifer back for like 10 minutes. It was like 10 minutes they could have used for rescuing Cass from the empty, for instance. (laughs) Like there could have been so many things that they could have used that time for. But I guess it brought us Betty. Yeah. So, you know, there's a silver line. There is, because I would not have my Death Witch shit without <laughs> Betty. <laughs> so That's right. <laughs> no, that thing, that whole thing, it just made me very frustrated and sad. Because... And the thing is, I'm not even a Lucifer hater, like, character-wise. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Like, character-wise, I, I do think, obviously, towards the end, the storyline was getting a little old. Um, yeah. But, like, character-wise did not hate the character especially in the early seasons brilliant character yeah um fantastic but, character yeah but <laughs> it's just like really like did they have to roll it out right at the end like that no no that was not um <clears throat> stop yeah. me somebody <laughs> let's move on okay no salt no salt uh step away i'm full of seasonings salt. today salty and spicy okay let's go <laughs> To be fair, you are not bashing the finale. This is all solidly fifteen nineteen territory. Um, it's true. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even started on the finale yet. Okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I was gonna say, um, put the salt away, and we'll get some spice. But then I realized this fic is actually rated G, so we can't even talk about <laughs> that. Um, Nothing to distract us. Do. Look, someone <laughs> no. find me some dicks to distract me. <laughs> Well, this one does have a very sweet reunion, um, a a couple of different ones, actually, because I think they do kind of have a bit of a moment in Mm. the kind of dream world kind of thing, and then they have a proper reunion afterwards. So it is is a sweet kind of romance to this one as well. Yes. It still is very Destiel. Yes. I like Um, it. I love this fic. And I I liked the... I read both of the... um, There's two, actually. There's two... uh, kind of sequels to this there's the adam michael one which was also lovely and then there is an additional one um that is sam centered so if you are a sam fan then there is an additional fic if you are a fan of sam and or string theory you will like the third part of this verse i have not read that one yet i have not read that one yet so so it gets into a bit more technical uh, multiverse kind of things does it mm-hmm. <laughs> right no? so full spoiler alert <laughs> Cass becomes death yeah um you know like that the revelation of that is just so good <laughs> it's like oh my god the shotgun uh yes yeah and and he appears out of like the dark and then like oh, i love the so detail good. that even though it's a shotgun they still refer to it as a scythe which I just, yes. I don't know why I yes. like that so much, yeah. but I do. <laughs> I actually freaked out about that in the comments. Like, you made the silent shotgun! <laughs> it was, <laughs> that was just endlessly cool to me. That was great. And he's wearing a long black coat and like, uh, I yeah. I, li- I like Cass's death. I'd say um, that's probably, 
in endings for Cass, my my second favorite next to, to Cass being human. And that was once upon a time I was gonna write a, a Cass's death kind of fic. Um Yeah, I, I've I really like the that. idea of doing a Cass's death fic, fic before. Um I really like that one. It's, a, it's just a very fun ending. I really like the fact that in this one as well, like Cass is very straightforward about the fact when he uh, makes a comment about the books that they um, don't spell out endings anymore. They just record what has happened now instead yes, of um, like endings. That. Yeah, that was Which cool. I, I, yeah, yeah. I like that touch. And I like the fact that Cass is very blunt about the fact that he's glad for that because he's not certain that he could actually be impartial. <laughs> he's just like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that people writing their own stories. That was a very nice touch. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that. And I like the fact that, you know, Cass is just shameless about the fact that if he has a book in his hand that's telling him how Dean Winchester is going to die, then Dean Winchester is not dying. <laughs> like, dying. It's, like, it's that simple. Yeah. So instead, he's just going to follow Dean around like he's used to doing and keep him from dying that way. Yes, like quite literally swooping in and preventing that's it from right. happening. So same old, a little same more legwork this way. Yeah. But I still feel like Dean Winchester is going to have a very long life. One way or another. Yeah. <laughs> what else have we got to recommend for in this um, kind of genre? Um, okay, well, I have two. Um, they're both shorties. So just because that has been where my reading time has been at recently. Um, and these are actually both ones that I did read um, pretty much as the finale aired, I think these ones, one posted, I want to say close to a day or two after 19 aired. This was basically a reaction to Cass not being in 1519. Um, and the other one yeah. was probably not much later than that, I would say. Um, so the first one is by our friend and lovely author that we have featured before, Castiel's Lost Wings, um, and it's called Loud. Um, and the summary is just minutes, hours, days, years might have already passed. Time is different here and Castiel has no way of tracking it. And still the shadow doesn't come. Castiel sits, he stands, he walks and walks and walks and walks, and all he ever discovers is more darkness and more nothing. So angsty summary <laughs> we know where we're beginning there obviously um it's just yeah. over four thousand words long um it, it does you know have a there's a, a fix it it does have a nice happy ending it's just a nice kind of um alternate for 19 there as always i love her dean voice in this but i also really like um cass's thought process in this it's, it's just a very satisfying short read if you want 4,000 words to fix the finale for you. And then my other quickie recommendation before I hand over to see what you two have got um, is about the same length or shorter, I think. Yeah, even shorter. So um, this is 2,461 words and this is Say You'll Haunt Me by Ducky Boobs, who we have also had on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so this one is a fix-it for um, fifteen nineteen. So this one um, was posted after fifteen nineteen and just ignores fifteen twenty entirely. 
does not exist. <laughs> so the summary for this one is very simple and it's simply Dean finds Cass in his dreams. You know, that probably tells you everything you need to know <laughs> about this one. Um, it's actually a very nice uh, story. I, I really enjoy it. So it's essentially a series of dreams where um, Dean realizes that he can kind of talk to Cass. Um, he doesn't necessarily immediately realize that or realize that it's real or that he can actually talk to him that way. Um, and then he begins to try and use those as a way to get Cass out of the empty. Um, so it's very, very short, like I said, just 2,000 words um, just over, but satisfying, simple, quick fix for when you are just feeling a bit salty. In fact, I might have to go read it after we're, <laughs> after we're done. <laughs> Actually, the funny, the funny thing is with some of these fics that were posted, especially the ones that were posted around like in November, um, is that while the fic itself might might be quite sweet and happy ending and whatever, the, the author notes are usually full of shouting. <laughs> like I remember in this one in particular, I'm pretty sure Ducky is like, that finale was shit. Like I can't remember exactly what she wrote, the, the but it was like. notes are literally just like, <laughs> she's literally just like, so fuck 1520. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just therapy for, for everybody. I think they, they use it to get out their frustration. I think you are quite right. I'm fairly sure that somewhere in those notes there's reference to 36 hours subsisting on nothing but rage and heavy metal. <laughs> so, yes. yep. that, that's a mood for a lot of people at that point in time. Uh, Manta, did you want to recommend one? I do. I got a couple. So one is, uh, This Is Not Our Goodbye by Dark Heart in the Sky. And this one was published uh, back in like February, March. It's about 8,000 words, so it's pretty short. And um, it was it's part of a collection. There was a um, Destiel and Saline challenge called Their Love Was Real. And it was written by, um, for that. And this fic also comes with a pod fic by Nerdy Nerdenstein, who is also Destiel Cannon on Twitter. So if you haven't listened to her podfics, you really should because they're all phenomenal. Um, so two yeah. ways to enjoy this fic. And um, this is one that I, I read, this was, I think, I listened to the podfic first. Um, and this is the first fix it that I think I, I listened to and then read. And I love it because... Um, just the, the solution for the way that they get cast out of the empty is just it's very simple and straightforward and has a very solid canon basis it's like something that they have done to get into other planes in canon in the past and then you read it and you're like why didn't they do that like they could have done that <laughs> so i really enjoyed that um and then i don't want to give away the ending but there's a part of the ending is very similar to my um, ending and my resolution for Cass. And so obviously I kind of liked that too. Um, we're on the, the same wavelength there. But very nice story. Lots of, there's definitely some heavy themes at the beginning. Lots of, of Dean grieving and going through a really difficult time at the beginning. Um, but has a very lovely ending and just a really good solid fix it. Um, so that was one, and then 
the other one I wanted to recommend was uh, The Shape of Things to Come by Spiderglass. And this is one I read recently. Um, the other one didn't have a very long summary, but I'll give a little bit of the summary for this one. It almost feels like if Dean went to sleep right now, he could get it back. Like he would slip right back into the dream and would pick up where it left off. But Dean doesn't even want to now that he can see the world for what it is. A cheap hallucination, poking at all his weaknesses, going right for the soft underbelly Dean never shows. Um, so this one obviously it starts off in a, a dream world. Um, I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that it is a... Uh, well, I won't say what we find out it is. So he is in a dream world and he does find out that um, this world is... At first I'm reading, I'm like, did Dean write himself into an AU? Um, so, you know, he's in this very <laughs> alternate universe dream world where, you know, he and Cass are together and you know, they have a house and it's all very happy and obviously that's not real. Um, and then once Dean finds out that it's not real, um, it ends up kind of in this dream... It's not quite a dream, and he is able to somehow connect with Cass. And so then he finds himself drawn to a certain location, and through that, that is um, how we end up uh, getting some callbacks all the way back to Cass's first appearance on the show, and that ties in with The Empty and how Dean gets him back. And it's just very cleverly written and cleverly done. Um, lots of longing from Dean and a really great uh this is kind of another i think subcategory of fix it fix this would be a dean in the empty fic so we get to see that and um mm -hmm. yes so it's one of the things i love like just they're just these different little things like different kinds of fix and things that we get to see um so this is a great example of a fic like that so really enjoyed it would recommend it's um uh, this one is a longer one actually too this one is about 62,000 words. So one of the one of the longer fix. There aren't there aren't a whole lot of really long fix it fix I found. More and more yeah, are coming out now. To be showing up. People are yeah. just now finished writing them, that's all. Yeah, I think the initial yeah. ones were the the short rage fueled mm -hmm. ones and just now we're starting to get some of the the longer kind of ones that took people a bit of time to kind of heal <laughs> and and be able to start writing so yeah oh, i guess i should mention you guys have mentioned it before um when you talked about kind of the short fixits um last year but i do have a, a short fix it fix myself uh new holiday so kind of aptly timed since we're coming up to thanksgiving that um, one's cute i like yes. that one <laughs> it's a short little cute thing just really was just written because I wanted to write about Dean teasing Claire that Jack is in the turkey they're eating for Thanksgiving, so. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go and reread that one. <laughs> I can't remember it being very cute. I think, does almost everyone have, like, something they rage wrote, like, right after the finale? I feel like, I feel like almost everyone has something, right? <laughs> that, like, there was something that they, they, they wrote shortly after, because I have um, a short one. You had one. Yeah. as well Mel didn't you uh, I mean that was after 1518 I think um, wasn't it yes I think it was was it immediately mm. after 1518 or did I write it a little bit later I can't remember now I can't remember either but yeah it does feel kind of like you're putting um, your, your journal out there doesn't it <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> we were all very raw at that time 
Yep. I got around posting it by um, just skipping straight to the beach holiday part, <laughs> posting that to the other week. Yeah, you, just, you basically posted the epilogue to your fic. That's... Yeah, basically. Yeah. Maybe that's what I the should have The epilogue came first. Mine has a chunk which is like Dean grief, basically, at the beginning. Now when I look back and read it, I'm like, no, no, that was Mal grief. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that, oh. was, that was my pain. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I've got a couple more to recommend as well. So um, going back to... Um, Castiel's Lost Wings. We she, she actually wrote a few different uh, fixits. Now she's got I don't know maybe three. I don't know. There's they're they're di- branching off from different points in the in the last few episodes. But just recently after the con where Misha said that he someone asked Misha for a uh, fanfic prompt and he said um, that Dean was a is a custodian of a fast food restaurant and that Cass is the president of the US. I loved this and one. <laughs> then so a bunch of people went off and wrote some fix that are actually the one I've read a few of them and they're really good, but um but Wings went and wrote this one, which is actually a finale alternate ending. Um where after, you know, they got rid of Chuck and everything and Dean has has got a job in a McDonald's, I wanna say. I'm pretty sure it's a McDonald's because at one point he says he's got a clown on his hat or something. <laughs> um, and so, and then Cass walks in and he's the president and it's just the way that it was handled. Um, you know, the whole thing is just such a clever way of, um, you know, getting them out, getting Cass out of the empty of them getting back together. And um, she's actually got them just standing there shouting at each other for a while, which is just perfect. I mean, that's, that's what they do in in canon anyway so why not <laughs> after after all this crap's gone down um they they hash out the the, the problems and then you know it's got a happy ending so <laughs> um so that one's called i don't think i said what it was called um surely heaven waits it's only you know four and a half thousand words but yeah definitely worth a read just for you know excellent um resolve a uh, resolution i should say um and, you know, hopefully Misha reads it. <laughs> and, um, who knows? Maybe I shouldn't hope that on Robin's behalf. She'll murder me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I was going to mention. So um, Unicorn Poe posted this one called And You Can Use My Skin. They write, it was like we just had um, Eden on in our last episode, um, you know, to talk about another fic of theirs but they write the most beautiful um just gentle uh caring for one another you know like um this one of the tags is touch starved and and this is really desperately soft (laughs) kind of thing so this is like they rescue they rescue Cass from the empty and then this fic is all just like him being thankful basically um it just feels like a bit of a a warm hug when you when I read it it's only a short fic anyway it's only 5,000 words but um I think yeah I really lovely work one, and uh I think they've earned it yeah. by that point <laughs> you know yeah so, you know like yeah. I feel like there were times you know there were times when I write things and I'm like is that you know is that too soft is that too emotional and then like I go back and I reread the confession scene and I'm like nah I'm good 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes yeah, that's probably the I, most emotion we've ever seen. Yeah, sometimes I wonder about that with Dean as well. And then I go back and I see how Dean was with the partners that we saw him with and mm-hmm. with the few um, sex scenes that we saw him with and the, mm-hmm. the whole thing with the, the hand and the finger linking thing that he always did in the every scene that they showed us every time. And I'm like, no. No, getting Dean there is hard, okay? There's hard work to push him up that dang hill <laughs> to get him there, okay? <laughs> but once he's there, he's done the work, and you know what? He's fine. <laughs> like, that's the hard At part. At the end of the day, like, yeah. he is a cuddler. <laughs> I think he is. I think it's just getting him to that point. And once he's there, he's yeah. like, you know what? <laughs> fine, I'm here. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's, he's very tender. Like you know, even even some of the one night stands that they showed in canon. Like he's you know, there's nothing cold yeah. or callous about him when it comes to no, that. Because I think for him, it's the it's the vulnerability. It's the fact that up until that point, the emotions are still a risk. They still might not be returned. It's still very risky for him. But once he's in that position where it's not a risk anymore, he is like emotionally safe because most of his life he's not been either physically or emotionally safe at any point. Um, but once he is, yeah. then he's fine. Like he he is absolutely fine. But up until that point, he he can't, he doesn't know that. Like he can't. Anyway, we're going off on tangents here into. <laughs> Mel's deep dives into Dean Winchester's head, but <laughs> it's not very. Well, now, now we're in the supernatural meta. We're... <laughs> yeah, we we have maybe we should do a Dean character study episode at some point. Like, yeah, I'm know. just saying, difficult to get him guy. to that point because he doesn't feel safe at that point, in my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yes, so until okay. he feels safe, he's not going to. But once he does, I think that could be an entirely different matter because that whole vulnerability issue has been removed at that point i mean in this this particular story he um it take it does take that full five thousand words to uh get to the really soft point like Mm -hmm. he's he's exhausted they've just done this spell you know exhausting kind of um method of getting Cass out of there and he he's just tired and emotionally you know drawn or whatever um so you know Cass is the one lavishing this attention on him and eventually sounds about right you get to the softy the soft stuff <laughs> sounds about right so I think that fits with all that together with- <laughs> yeah, it, it fits with canon it fits with what we we heard from dean after that you know Cass's confession and sacrifice changed the way he viewed himself and it changed the way he wanted to interact with the world. He made a conscious choice that he wasn't going to shut himself off from the world anymore. I mean, that's, you know, and we might not have liked the way the finale presented that or handled it, but I think the emotion behind that in the the intent behind that is still valid. That Dean made a choice that he's not going to shut himself off. He's not going to be this closed person. He's going to tell the people in his life that he loves that he loves them. He's going to be more open and vulnerable. And so, you know, it makes sense that, you know, we would see that if he got cast back. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I 
think that's all of the stories that I wanted to recommend. <laughs> hey, we, we thought we, we said this was going to yeah. be a short episode. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I went on a lot of tangents and talked a lot of crap today and I can only apologize. <laughs> no no apologies. I need to My apologize. bad. <laughs> okay, well, uh, there will be a link to everything, all of the fix that we've discussed and a bunch of other links um, on mixtapebookclub.com. So go and check that out. And um, also there is a link to um, all of our other ways you can get in touch with us, our social media accounts. And um, our email address is mixtapebookclub at gmail.com. It is not that. It is contact at mixtapebookclub.com. The other one will work too. Um, so if you want, if you'd like to wow. recommend any fix to be added to the list or tell us about anything you like, um, you can get in touch with us in any of those ways, or you can join us on the profound bond discord server in our channel there. All right. Um, make sure that you join us next time. Um, for in the next episode, we are going to be discussing, um, familiar fix. So stories where one of either Dean or Cass are a witch and familiar pair, which which can I can I rephrase that sentence? Which that sounds... which which <laughs> which which, which, which <laughs> are a witch and familiar pair. One of my favourite tropes. Oh, I just did awkward yes. finger guns again. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that episode. That's one of my favourites too. Yeah. Yes. Well, you'll have to make sure to throw some recommendations at us. So. Oh, I will. Yeah. I've already got some in mind because I love this one. I'm, I'm thinking of so. them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amanda, yes. thank you very much for coming to talk to us again. Thank you both so much for having me. Um, what have we got to look forward to from you? Are you going to be posting some new things soon? Or? I am. Um, I do have a new fic that I am editing right now. It's a shorter one about... Well, it was 21,000 words. It got longer during editing, which is not usually how that works. So we're up to 22K <laughs> now. Um, but I still have two chapters left to edit. So, you know, let's, who knows how long it'll be by the time I'm done. Uh, but that's going to be coming out. That is actually uh, my last remaining uh, auction fic from 2020. <laughs> that I'm <laughs> finally, I'm going to post before the end of 2021. Um, and that is a, a song prompt fic. It is kind of an angstier one uh it's an established dean cast fic but also you get to see kind of how their relationship came to be and how it growed over time growed oh my lord how it grew over time um but it's you know lots of i will say lots of angst um but also lots of kind of working through things and then of course with me there's always a happy ending um not a picture perfect apple pie love solves everything ending but a um, happy hopeful these are are real people with real lives who are going to keep doing the real work um, and they're going to be okay kind of ending well thank you very much for listening everyone and we'll talk to you again soon and as always remember that the story isn't over until we say it is Thank you.
Awkward finger guns from me. Fuck that chuck guy. (laughs) I was about to say, shall we start with the end is where we begin? But my goodness, what kind of sentence is that? (laughs) Clearly, I chose too long of a title. (laughs) Nice. Ah, well, yes, let's begin with the end, with the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Manda's fig. Yeah. 